Red Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Owl Chat Podcast. We are back with our midweek update. I am joined, as always, by my friend and partner, John Finer, and as well as our producer, Nick, in spirit this time. His presence is always felt, whether he is in studio or not with us. Anyways, John, I know you got a new microphone in. We're uh, upping the budget for the podcast a little bit, if you want to tell the audience about that. Oh, yeah. I got this really uh, fancy mic. Um, I would show it to you, but, uh, you know, it's... A little too cheap for that. I got it $30 on Amazon. So, you know, I need you guys to tell me if I sound any better, worse, the same. If there's an echo, just let me know. Um, because, you know, I, I think I have 30 days here, guys, maybe 15, maybe 45, but it's Amazon. So they'll probably take anything back. So, yeah, no rush on the listener, but please, please let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's get started today. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you know, we already did the, uh, football recap show this past weekend so be sure to check that out where we uh, went over the Tusculum game with uh, producer Nick who was there in spirit mind and body and also uh, Will Hagler former Owls receiver joined us um, and we'll be doing another one uh, dropping uh, Monday after the uh, this coming Chattanooga game uh, we've got a for- another former Owl uh, who will be joining us and is excited big big KSU fan since he graduated Looking forward to having him. We'll tell you who that is uh, this weekend. Uh, But let's start with our usual uh, errors and omissions where we correct ourselves. Don't have anything. We're perfect. So let's move on. uh, Batting a thousand out here. Yep. Yeah. Let's move on to the flyover. What do you got, Kai? Absolutely. So we had the women's soccer team host the Florida Gators this past week. Um, Florida is a basement dweller in SEC soccer. It's worth mentioning. That being said, they are an SEC opponent, and they, you know, made the trip up to Kennesaw, and our girls fared pretty well. Um, tied them uh, one-to-one uh, on the back of an Agata Gianni goal, the Italian midfielder, off a beautiful cross from Macy Rainwater um, to put the Owls' record at one-two and two. Um, I know the volleyball teams had success uh, throughout the last week or so. John, I know you've been following closely. Talk to me about that. Yes, uh, for the second straight weekend, Kennesaw State Volleyball has taken uh, two of three in a weekend tournament. Um, I'm not a huge, huge volleyball fan, but that sounds pretty good to me. Um, The Owls dropped the first game to Cincinnati um, in the tournament this weekend at Tennessee Tech. And then they uh, followed it up with uh, two wins over Tennessee Tech and East Tennessee State. Uh, Manu Johnson once again led the Owls in kills. She had 49 over the weekend by my count. Um, KSU is number two in the A-Sun so far in hitting percentage and average kills per set. Uh, if you go by the Massey ratings or the Massey rankings at MasseyRatings.com, the Owls are number 111 in the country so far. I'm not sure we should put too much stock into that because it's so early, uh, but we would be number two in the country behind just FGCU and they're somewhere in the 80s. Um, this coming weekend, the Owls will play a tournament uh, hosting a tournament, and we'll have our home opener. So hopefully that'll give us some juice. It'll be September 8th through the 10th. We'll go with uh, Wake Forest, Mississippi State, and Western Michigan. And if you are, again, looking at the Massey ratings, I don't know how we pulled this off, 
but we're going to be playing number 35, 36, and 37 in that tournament in the Massey ratings in that same order. So, um, yeah, that's all I got for uh, volleyball. Yeah, exciting stuff. That is also our last season in the A-Sun um, in that sport, you know. So one last chance to beat Florida Gulf Coast a couple of times. Yes. Um, always a pleasure. Um, that being said, we finally have a full women's basketball schedule, or just about full, um, starting with Vandy in Nashville, an 11 a.m. tip-off. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, then Life University, who is right down the road from KSU um, on November 10th. Um, then transitioning to uh, two in-state opponents, we play Georgia State at their place like the men's team does uh, next year. And then we play Georgia Tech at their place uh, five days later. Um, following that, a week later, we've got Florida Atlantic on November 25th on Thanksgiving weekend. And Go then- Owls! <laughs> Absolutely, Owl Supremacy, baby. They gave us... Uh, a good little good little run in the final four um with the men's team last year so yes, sir. Yes, we're sir. big big FAU fans over here at the All Chat podcast of course um next up they got Chattanooga on November 29th um and then Coastal Georgia yet another in-state opponent on December 2nd um later through the month of December we've got Mississippi State on December 11th in Starkville Mississippi and then come back home that Sunday to play Belmont on December 17th. Um, we play an interesting uh, tournament down in West Palm Beach, Florida, where our opponents are listed as to be determined on the official Kennesaw State website. Um, and then we come back home to host the Big East's Georgetown at the Convocation Center. Um, finishing out the non-conference slate, we have in-state rival Mercer, who the men's team was unable to schedule this year for whatever reason. So, Get your stuff together, athletic department. Anyways, that's all we got from the women's basketball non-con schedule this season. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, Kai. Uh, We got some news around some of the other sports, just some news and notes. Um, Defensive back uh, Jonathan Mathis, who was added to the roster uh, about last month, he has disappeared from the roster. It makes me sad um, as a fan of the crooner, Johnny Mathis. I can no longer make any puns. Um, We have Adrian Woolley. Uh, 6'4 guard in the 2024 class. Uh, He has a heavy, heavy, heavy mid-major offer list. He visited campus uh, this past weekend uh, for Coach Petway. Um, On the baseball side, uh, the baseball owls have gotten a 2024 commitment from uh, big Ethan Osada of River Ridge in Woodstock. Uh, 6'7", 220, comes from an athletic family. His brother uh, previously was a Georgia Tech commitment as a pitcher, and his sister pitched for UGA. Um, I should clarify the softball team, not the baseball team. That would have been really something. Um, and running through just some quick updates, uh, former KSU catcher Tyler Tolvey who was swinging it well from the Mississippi Braves, uh, was placed on the DL. Yes, I say the DL. And he hasn't played in the game since uh, August 12th. I'm not sure what the extent of the injury is. Josh Hatcher, who's in the Rangers system at double A, has struggled lately, but he was one for four with a double and two RBI on Sunday. Uh, Left-handed pitcher Jake Rice, who spent a year with the Owls after spending most of his career at Presbyterian, um, has struggled his past few outings for double A Amarillo, which is the D-backs organization. Um, Alan Busnitz, who threw a game in the bigs a couple weeks ago that we were following, he was outrighted to triple A recently by the Cincinnati Reds no longer on their 40-man roster, so interested to see what the next step is for Mr. Boosnitz. Uh, and finally, uh, Smith Pinson was named a Cape Cod League postseason all-star. So Smith uh, did a great job starting over in the Cape Cod League this summer. I expect him to be 
Um, at worst, the main option out of the Owls bullpen again, but it seems more and more likely that he could be a uh, a weekend starter. So that's pretty much the uh, flyover for me, Kai. Let's, uh, I know we got some football stuff. We do. We got Chattanooga this week. We uh, will both be going up there to see the game on Saturday, I believe. Um, Chattanooga, we were following closely this past Saturday. They dropped their first game to uh, North Alabama um, on the road, 41 to 27. Um, they've got some fun players. Uh, Eileen Ford, who Bohannon wouldn't stop praising today at his presser. Wait, wait. You, you, you're leaning forward? <laughs> I said Eileen Ford. Oh, oh, got it. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Ty. Yeah, Eileen Ford is uh, – Hey, you got to put some respect on his name, man. He's one of the best running backs in FCS. He's been around a long time. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll see him for myself this Saturday, and then I'll put the respect on his name. So. <laughs> You're talking a big game. He's a bowling ball, I'm telling you. But, yeah, he's a really good player. Um, they've got a UCLA transfer starting at quarterback. Uh, he had a rough day the other day against North Alabama. He was 22 of 46, threw for a bunch of yards. Um, most of them came in the second half. Um, so maybe it's just you know him adjusting to being QB1 rather than QB4. Um, but – I think they're still waiting on him to produce a little more. Um, that being said, uh, we're coming from the Brian Bohannon press conference just about an hour ago. Um, he harped on how most of the issues on Thursday were all fixable, and he was really encouraged just rewatching the tape, and it's all kind of just a communication, internal, unforced thing, um, things that they need to get over. Um, he was big on how important the turnover margin was, uh, five to nothing in the Tusculum game. And also harped a lot on special teams consistency. John, I know you were watching the press conference from home, uh, and then you got some notes on that. Yes, I took actually a lot of notes. Um, you know, Bohannon was, of course, as he is all the time, because he's a professional coach, he's very complimentary of uh, Chattanooga. Um, he said the strength of the team is their defensive line. Uh, their running back is good and hard to tackle. Um, I believe that's Eileen Forward. Um, or Eileen Ford. Um, their QB can sling it around is what uh, Coach Bohannon said. Uh, they're athletic and they can run and they uh, walked into a motivated North Alabama team, perhaps caught them off guard a bit, but they uh, Chattanooga punched back, but they just couldn't finish. So they dropped um, that upset uh, on the road. Um, you know, Bohannon mentioned that uh, the biggest improvements come from week one to week two and uh, you know, he said ours would have to be astronomical to get the win. So I don't know if I should be encouraged by that or not. Um, you know, he said that, like Kai said, the biggest positive was no turnovers versus Tusculum. Uh, he mentioned that we looked a bit disjointed offensively and there was some read stuff at times that they weren't quite in sync on the reads and all that kind of stuff and tons of improvements in all three phases. Um, as Kai said, he said a lot that went wrong is fixable. Um some other stuff that Coach Bohannon said that stood out to me, he singled out a couple uh, freshmen, redshirt freshman Carson Kent and uh, true freshman uh, Jericho Washington, who after that performance, I have to stop calling him Jericho Washington, um, even though I am a big fan of Chris Jericho and all his reincarnations. Um, Coach Bohannon said that Kent has a huge upside, continues to work on his blocking. I uh, mentioned that uh, Jericho Washington is a true freshman starting at corner. He played for Rico Zachary, who was on the staff at KSU. I uh, mentioned that Jericho, uh, you know, he never has a bad day, very consistent, competes day in and day out. And uh, he said that's what showed up on Saturday or on Thursday versus uh, Tusculum. Uh, they're two great kids with great attitudes and a high ceiling for both. And Washington's demeanor doesn't really change. He's a, uh, a quote, a next play mentality 
uh, type of guy is what Coach Bohannon says, and that's the type of guy you want on your football team. Yeah, quick note on uh, Jerico went to Westlake High School, same high school as another um, well-known DB in our metro area, A.J. Terrell, um, and uh, former MVP and Super Bowl participant Cam Newton. Yes, actually, Cam Newton, when he was in high school, he I think he played against us or my school in the state championship game for basketball. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we, we beat them. I think he came off the bench. I'm not sure, but he wasn't quite as good in basketball as he was in football. But, he, you know, when you're 6'6 and that size, I mean, how good do you have to be to make an impact? Right. You can play anything. Okay. Um, another big point of the presser was some of the changes in the depth chart and starting lineups going into this week. John, I know you've been paying close attention to the roster. Um, if you want to just talk to listeners through some of these changes this week. Yeah, um, I checked. I took a look at the depth chart. Um, you know, the offense surprisingly remains very unchanged. Only a few few changes. The biggest one is going to be uh, Gabriel Benyard, the speedy former slot back. Um, he's shifty. He's explosive. So we're going to have more explosion from that position at the running back one spot. Um, that's going to be the biggest change you're going to see. Uh, you have Seth Adams, who sat last week, I imagine, with the red shirt uh, rules. Um, he replaces Rowan Darnell on the tight end chart. He's one of the he came in as an offensive tackle, I think, from the University of the Cumberlands. Um, you know, never really played much. He might have gotten hurt. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's now at the tight end spot. Um, offensive line depth chart remains, I believe, completely unchanged. But uh, JT Pennington, who was listed as a starter last week, was out with injury. Uh, assuming he's back with inju- back from injury, you know, I imagine Al Hogan would switch from uh, starting at guard to starting at his more natural center spot. Uh, so that might help out a bit as well. Um, so that's the biggest change there. However, the defensive side of the ball, holy crap. Um, you're going to look, you're going to see a lot of changes. I'm talking seven of 11 guys. There are new starters listed on the depth chart, uh, starting with Joel Parker, who sat last week, uh, moves to defensive end one, pushing Jordan miles, who, you know, scored that touchdown on the, uh, Deontre Morris, almost pick six. Uh, he's moving to the second spot, um, at nose tackle, big transfer, Puda Walker, is going to be uh, replacing Tyler Scott on first string. Scott moves to second string. So that's another big, big body there that we're going to see in the middle and provide some depth. So keep an eye out for him. Uh, at the D tackle spot, another huge body is Carlos Allen making his senior debut, moving uh, Uganda Nwoha to second string and pushing Cam Donald off the depth chart. Uh, Allen, as we discussed, uh, Allen and Parker are actually uh, proven players. Uh, they have a track record of contributing to the program. Puda Walker is a transfer, but, you know, if he's starting over Tyler Scott, you know, I imagine the coaches see something in him. Um, Charles Remy and Josh Agbenu will stay the same at the uh, the band position, which is kind of, I guess, the, the rush end. Uh, middle linebacker transfer Baron Hobson, who I believe was Jackson State under coach uh, Deion Sanders. He's at the uh, mic at number one. And Denilius Johnson, a.k.a. Uh, Man Man, moves to uh, second string. Uh, at the weak side, Garland Benyard also makes his season debut. Um, first string with Juan Silas at second string. Silas was a very pleasant uh, surprise as a true freshman contributor last year. Um, so those are three names, Hobson, Benyard, and Silas, that you did not see last week uh, that you're going to see this week. Um, so you might see less of Jalen Barnum at the linebacker spot. Um, no changes at the strong position, which is the box safety. Uh, Markeith Montgomery and uh, Denarius 
or Nook Johnson are still listed there. No changes at the Rover with Dylan Hand and Sidney uh, Porter. But I will say that uh, Porter might, even though he's still listed at second string there, he made a name for himself with that interception. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start or get a lot more uh, playing time. Um, yeah. No change. No change. Do you have something to add, Kai? I was just going to say it's an exciting secondary. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And no changes at free safety with DeAndre Morris and D'Angelo Hardy. Um, at cornerback, two brand new names, uh, Tyler Hallam and Chance Gamble. Hallam was a transfer. I believe he's from one of those other, was it like Reinhardt or Short or something like that? One of those Georgia schools. He's the uh, the NAIA, NAIA kid? Yeah, One of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sidney Porter was uh, an NAIA as well, but I think Hallam came from one of the local programs. And he'll be joined in the secondary by Chance Gamble, also making a senior uh, or season debut. Uh, Javen Williams and Jerico Washington are going to be backing them up. So, uh, and finally on the special teams, it looks very similar, but uh, Gabriel Benyard, the starting running back, will be backing up Isaac Foster at the returner positions this week. So uh, what are your first thoughts on all that guy? Uh, great to have reinforcements for a division one game. <laughs> yes. That's what stands out. Yeah. Um, it was kind of hard to read Bo's expectations on the uh, Chattanooga game this week, um, whether he was worried or excited. Um, I One thing we talked about on the last episode is we really didn't want Chattanooga to lose that game because, you know, now they're going to come in pissed off and they're going to, they're going to need a get right game. Cause you know, they're, that, that's a team that's going to be pushing to make the FCS playoffs this year. So um, we might be walking into a wasp's nest in Chattanooga. Yeah, they're they're a strong. They're all traditionally a very strong program, and you know, I I I want to win this game because you know, it, going up to FBS, it's not the best look to you know lose to you know a FCS school that's you know an hour and a half down the road. You know, even you want to win those recruiting battles. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was just a little disappointing because I know you and I have talked about since this is probably the last and only time we will get to play at their place. Um, you know, we want to win this one before we make the the FBS transition. It was a little disappointing to hear Bo say that that was really not a factor, <laughs> which, you know, is what he has to say. But, you know, it's just going to be business as usual. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to going up 75 and, um, you know, catching this one live and seeing, you know, seeing what it's all about. Um, I was also disappointed to see Chattanooga lose because, you know, we wanted them to win because we want, you know, we don't know where we're at yet as a team. And, you know, if Chattanooga goes in and beats North Alabama or beat or even crushes them, you know, and then we win, how much better does that look than, you know, even if we pull out the upset, it, it just, there's no winning by having, you know, by rooting for uh, North Alabama. Right. No, it's like, if we go up and beat Chattanooga, then people around FCS are going to be looking at Chattanooga and be like, boy, how bad are they this year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I don't want that. So, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm interested in, you know, seeing what's in Chattanooga, you know, um, I'm holding off to buy, uh, buy a ticket actually, because I'm a cheap ass. And uh, I think tickets are what, $16, something like that. And people always throw tickets at me at the last minute. So I'm, you know, if anybody has an extra ticket, send it my way. I don't think that's cheap. I think that's smart. <laughs> yeah, get out, I, of, I, <laughs> get out of paying for whatever you uh, you don't have to pay for. Yeah, I've been burned on that before. People just, you know, I buy a ticket early. You know, I get like three people messaging me at the last minute saying, hey, are you going to the game or do you know anybody? I have mm -hmm. these extra tickets. And then I'm like, crap. Or, so. you know, just wait till an hour before kickoff and buy a ticket for, you know, six bucks. 
but it might be sold out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've thought about that as well. But I'm kind of one of those people like, you know, I'm going to drive all the way up to Chattanooga. What happens if, you know, for some crazy, insane reason, I can't get a ticket or it won't load or, you know, just some stupid crap like that. You know, I, I'd pay the $10 just to have it in my pocket, I think, at that point. Totally, totally. Uh, one quick note before we talk about some basketball news. Something I found out today, and this might be a secret that I'm not supposed to reveal. The Diet Coke at the Brian Bohannon press conferences has been expired for two years. Really? Yeah. It's the same one every time. Oh, my God. So this is, <laughs> so it's a prop. Yeah. I mean, it's never been opened. There's Coke in there, Diet Coke in there. But, yeah, it's been expired for two years. Do we have any kind of sponsorship deal with Coke or? I don't know. I, I mean, it's not something that, he, you know, Bohannon drinks. I mean, he might drink Diet Coke, but he doesn't drink those Diet Cokes. I mean, I'm not on a, like a, you know, not really on a first name basis with Bo, but like if he, you know, I don't know what his contract looks like, but if he needed a new Coca-Cola, you know, he could have, I'm sure the Owl Chat podcast can provide him with plenty of uh, free drinks. <laughs> Absolutely. We should, uh. Just pay the administration, get an Alchat podcast water bottle right front and center of all the oh. press conferences. Well, that would be great. And then he can just hold it up and just, you know, just his eyes bulge out of his head. And he can just plug us and like everybody tune in. That would be amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are still big Bo fans here at the OCP for the absolutely. record. And Bojangles fans as well. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. That but all being said, we do have a basketball commitment. If you're ready to move on, John. Yeah, uh, we got a big time commitment here. Um, of course, you might not know that if you just casually browse his offer list. I did some research and, um, you know, everything I've heard has been uh, positive. Uh, he's a from Mackay Turner. He's a 2024 6'8 uh, forward from Maynard Jackson High School in Atlanta. Uh, his listed offers from uh, Nichols or Nichols State. I don't know what they're calling themselves these days. Uh, USC Upstate and Jackson State. Uh, recently went on a visit to Jacksonville State prior to committing to the Owls, which, you know, I can't blame him because if I went to visit Jacksonville State, I would also commit to the Owls. Just Went on an, an official uh, visit without an offer. So, yes, it's and, weird stuff. Well, one guy said it was unofficial. On the, uh, he tweeted out, then Makai tweeted himself, official visit. So I'm not entirely sure, you know, what to make of it. But, um, you know, either way, you know, I'm happy he's an Owl. Um, I did talk to a couple contacts of mine who've seen Turner play quite a bit and have done some evaluations on him. Um, I asked him kind of, you know, okay, he's a good, really good player, it looks like, but what's held him back from those additional offers? Um, I asked for some quick thoughts and he said, I think it's a solid pickup for KSU. He's raw, but has a lot of talent and a good motor. Might take him some time, but I think he'll pan out. As far as the offers, I think they just he just wasn't watched enough early. And once schools started to catch on to him during June and July, I think they became aware that KSU already made good progress with him. So props to the Owls there. Um, that same source, I asked him if he can give me anything else on Turner. Um, he has impressive natural mobility for a guy of his size slash length. Very light on his feet, can move laterally and switch on ball screens, has easy two-foot explosion as a leaper, active rebounder and shot blocker, and those physical athletic tools help him a lot there. He has good hands and has touch around the basket, along with a face-up jumper and potential from three. The speed of the game and level of thinking in college will likely be an adjustment for him. Uh, we'll have to keep getting stronger, more physical, like most high school guys, too. 
So um, that is one evaluator's take on him. Um, I also asked another evaluator, uh, Kyle Sandy of sandyspiel.com. He's been covering high school basketball in Georgia now for years. He does girls and boys. does a great job of that. Again, you can check him out at sandyspiel.com. Uh, um, he told me that uh, Makai was high on Kennesaw State's wish list. I'm sure they feel extremely fortunate to land a commitment before the season started. Uh, Turner really broke out as a prospect this past season and likely had more offers coming on the horizon. Uh, standing six foot eight, Turner has great athleticism and fluidity. He's lean, but by no means skinny. Uh, Makai is a mismatch with his quickness to the rim uh, when stretching the floor on the perimeter. Uh, he's able to beat, um, sorry, he's able to beat most others with his size with his first step. Uh, don't be surprised if you see Makai knock down a few threes over his career. He has promising form on his jumper and could develop into a stretch four. Makai has nice footwork with his back to the basket. The lefty has no problem getting to his right hand for hook shots over the defense. His ability to explode up doesn't just help him offensively. He's an extremely good shot blocker that will wipe away shots at their highest point. Uh, Turner has all the tools to become an impact player sooner rather than later at KSU. So just to clarify, you know, Kyle, you know, is a Kennesaw State alum, actually. And the other source I asked is not a KSU alum, um, but, you know, they don't really have any skin in the game. They gave, you know, their honest takes and both were very high on Turner. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, I'm really excited about Turner. Uh, He's a local kid, Maynard Jackson High School. He's got great size. Like you said, he stands at 6'8". High school stats are high school stats. That being said, you know, the numbers are really good. He averaged somewhere around 15 and 11 um, last year at Maynard Jackson uh, with over three blocks per game. Um, you mentioned how he's got a promising jumper or one of your sources mentioned how he has a promising jumper. Um, if he develops that, which he has plenty of time to do, um, who knows, maybe he turns into what we all hope Jamel King will be, which is that six, eight stretch big who can, you know, shoot from outside the perimeter and score at all three levels. So yeah, really excited about Turner. Yeah. I think he even has a little bit more size, uh, you know, in terms of height than King already. And he still has probably some time to grow. I don't know how old he is or mm-hmm. that as well. But He's I'm, got an inch and a little bit of beef on him. Yeah. Yeah. I think King was King listed at like 220 this year, 215. So it might it be. It might have been. Yeah. So I think he, he, no, I think Gordon was um, the bigger one. I think King was around like 185. King's pretty skinny. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, he was okay. No, he was 215 in West Virginia. I take it back. My mistake. Okay. No worries there. So yeah, we're we're very excited for Makai Turner, what he can bring to KSU. You know, he'll be joining Ricky McKenzie. So the Owls have two commitments locked in before the season even starts, which is definitely big. And you know, you know, we're going for more. When uh, I mentioned earlier that Willie was visiting campus, um, so he's a six four guard, probably similar stature to McKenzie. So you know, for a strong prospect, you know, I don't I don't think that we're going to be done there. Perhaps if we can get a, a player of his caliber. Right. And, you know, situationally, it's very different, of course, and not that timing of these things really matter. But uh, in comparison to last year, where we had just one commitment, Toby Loba, throughout most of the season, who obviously didn't even end up an owl, um, it's it's refreshing <laughs> to yeah. have some high school players to watch throughout the season. So um, Absolutely. excited to follow them. Yeah. And if we wanted to watch Toby Loba, we'd have to go to like Iowa to watch him beat up on like, he's like 6'10", beating up on like 6'1 centers at like some small crappy school in Iowa yeah. or whatever he played at. So that wasn't very exciting. You know, I mean, there is, there is good basketball in the Midwest. 
um, but not where uh, Daniel Tobilova was playing. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best, but GHSA, you know, these schools are playing in Atlanta. Um, so there's definitely a lot of competition there. And it's going to be fun, you know, getting those, I guess, early commits, so to speak, especially KSU's level. You know, they get a year to grow. Who knows, you know, where these guys, how good these guys can get as a senior. We mentioned earlier that McKenzie, you know, some of the big time players that he played with are moving on. So he might be the star of that team. So either of these guys, Turner or McKenzie, could be breakout candidates. And, you know, we could be looking at them a year from now saying, man, how did KSU get this kind of dude? And that's kind of what we're hoping for. Right. Just got to win more than four games this year. Keep them interested. <laughs> yes. And and just just a thought that popped into my head when you mentioned we only had one commit for Tobaloba last year. Um, I I maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, but do you, I wonder if, you know, Amir, you know, realized, hey, I'm on my way. You know, I might be on my way out. Either I'm getting a, another job or I'm getting fired or something like that. I wonder if he kind of, you know, knew he was on his way out. So I don't again, it's, I have no facts no evidence nothing like that it just seems weird that we only got you know one one guy i do want to doubt that because um amir just got an extension the year prior if i'm not mistaken so i would think that he was pretty set on staying in kennesaw and like if he had you know still won 20 games and lost in the quarterfinals or the semifinals of the a sun tournament then he would probably still be here so I'm hoping that's not the case. That being said, there wasn't going to be as much roster movement had he stayed. So things would have been completely different. But like um, like I was saying, it's an excuse to watch Atlanta high school basketball, which is a highly, highly underrated um, circuit to watch. So um, for Alice fans out there, just keep up with these guys. Uh, it'll be worth it. You're absolutely right. If Amir stayed, then there's a strong chance that the other three, you know, stayed as well. There's always the chance they left, though, you know, to get some NIL money or um you know, and that thing. But yeah, you're probably right. It probably is just me, you know, putting out some uh, talking points and discussion. Mm. So from all that I heard, and you know, this is just stuff that was told to me, um, had Amir stayed, um, at least Chris Youngblood would have stayed. So I I think I I feel like those guys are a package deal, no matter what. So if I feel Youngblood stayed, then you get to keep Stroud, you get to keep Jennings, that sort of thing. So but yeah, um, you know, Tobaloba, he joined Amir at uh, South Florida, it looks like. Um, I was honestly never too excited about that commitment. He seemed like a, a big guy, don't really know what he can do, kind of one of those project types. But, you know, obviously, you know, if Amir took him at South Florida, he felt a or feels a certain way about him. Right. I mean, he was a size for the sake of size type of mid-major player. You get a lot of guys um, in mid to low major college basketball who are 6'11 or taller and are just not very good at basketball, but they've got, you know, freakish size. So, you know, you can work on them. Um, They're going to be decent rebounders and good enough shot blockers just, you know, off the fact that they're seven feet tall. Um, Toby Loba did seem like one of those players. Um, I'm really happy to see Petway not go after those guys and focus on these like six, eight to six, 10 range type of players who, you know, need development, but have good skill sets and are really athletic and can get up and down the floor and didn't start playing basketball when they were 16 years old because their buddies told them they should. <laughs> yeah. You, you nailed it guy. Um, you know, we had some guys like that in the past few years. Um, we had, uh, was it Eves Kamba? Um, mm-hmm. If I said that right, um, Nate Springs before him. So, you know, I, I don't like taking height, just to take height it ends up being a wasted roster spot 
and more often than not. Well, I mean, and no disrespect to Kamba, he seemed like a nice kid and, you know, teammates really liked him. And he is still playing D1 ball at IUPUI. Um, but that move seemed more like a roster filler. It was like, okay, we have an extra scholarship. Let's give it to somebody tall and let him guard inbounds passes. And it won him a game. <laughs> so yeah. it won exactly. us that Florida Gulf Coast game. Yeah. There you go. And, and you know, he was a, uh, was he a transfer? Yeah, uh, Three Rivers College, I believe. Three Rivers College. Okay. He did not put up great numbers. So, and that's a, that's the thing. If you're going to take a big, you know, and develop them, you might as well get a big that you know develop them from the from the start. You know, so yeah. Now you're taking somebody else's big. You've seen them play against higher level competition. They're farther along in the development. I don't know. I just would rather them take a six eleven kid from you know Georgia and develop that kid than absolutely. Yeah, I do know. Uh, IUPUI, who is one of the worst programs in D1 college basketball, is really excited to have Kamba. So um, I want to see him get some run next year. That's going to be a fun, fun little experiment to watch. Yes, we'll see if he we'll see how much playing time he gets. And maybe, you know, this time next year, we'll be saying, damn, why didn't we keep that kid? <laughs> that would be one hell of a one hell of a look back. Yes, and that's what I that's what I like doing, and that's kind of why I track the recruiting at ksuowlhowl.com. So you guys can see who played for us, who left, who's coming, who's going. You know, I've been doing that for you know the past decade to date myself here. So guys, feel free to check that out and who we missed out on. I got the offers up there, the commitments, all that fun stuff. So well, anyways, I think we are just about out of news for this week. So, John, if you got nothing else to add, I can go ahead and take us out. Uh, let's see here. I've got absolutely nothing else. Um, I'd like to, you know, thank everybody for listening in every week. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'd like to thank our producer, Nick, who's there in spirit today. And, uh, Kai, that's it. Excellent. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Kai Millette and at KSU Owl Um, we will see you guys on Monday to talk about Chattanooga. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!